It was Thomas Jefferson who said, I'm never so happy as when I am in the free flow of affection among friends. And that's how I feel with you people here tonight. I feel just like a friendship conglomerate is what we really are. There are no people like our people. There are no people like our people. And you people are just absolutely a wonderful, wonderful group of people uh, in this city of Memphis. I love the black family. I loved his father. I love his mother. They're just wonderful people. In fact, I've told you before, my mother received the baptism of the Holy Ghost under Brother Black's father. And so I go all the way back uh, to those wonderful days. But turn to your neighbor and shake their hand for just a moment and say, something wonderful is about to happen. And it is. Because Jesus is in this house, anything can happen. Anything is possible where Jesus is. Nothing shall be impossible that believe. I normally don't do this, but I wrote a book about the entire event of my being miraculously raised from the dead. There are copies here. I'll try to help autograph some of those later after the service tonight. But the book is, as I remember the event, with contributions from medical doctors, ambulance drivers, and those who stayed with me day and night during those terrible hours. There is a time in your life when you cannot help yourself. You need someone else to pray for you. And the church was there to pray for me. I was clinically dead 45 minutes. I'm not supposed to be alive. By all medical expertise, understanding, insight, training, I'm not supposed to be here. But there is a dear and glorious physician. His name is Jesus. And because of him, I am alive here tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. I have begun, after what I've been through and getting older, I have begun to tell some things I've never told before. We are the most unusual people on the face of the earth. There's no one that has the power to pray the way we do. Because we know who Jesus is. No one else can pray like an apostolic Christian. And God is doing some incredible things in this hour. In fact, there are amazing things beginning to happen in this hour, just like in the book of Acts. And that's the title of my message tonight. If you look in Acts chapter 2, the event here is, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost fell, the church was born, 
And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. And Peter gave his explanation of what was happening. And then toward the end of the chapter, he said in verse 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And there were 3,000 that were added to the church that day. They baptized. What's interesting to me is in verse 43, it says, And fear came upon every soul. And that word fear, more accurately translated, means respect. And fear or great respect came upon every soul. And many wonders, say many wonders, and signs, say signs, were done by the apostles. In Acts chapter 5, something happens here. Peter... In fact, Ananias and Sapphira have just fallen dead because they lied to the Holy Ghost. And uh, in verse 11, again, it says, And great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Look at verse 14. And believers were the more added to the Lord multitudes, both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. Just his shadow. They must have placed the people in the placement of the sun in the street so that when he walked by, his shadow would fall upon people lying on beds and couches and they were healed. Then in the book of Acts, again, in chapter 19, something happens, something new happens for the Apostle Paul, a new kind of healing, just like in Peter's life, came into the whole format of the Christian church. Here, if you look, it says in verse 10, and this continued by the space of two years so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. And God brought special miracles. Everyone say special miracles. By the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. I read all of this because this is our heritage. This is who we are. This is what we belong to. These are the things that happen among the people of God. That's who I am. I'm not a traditional Pentecostal. I'm an apostolic Pentecostal. I can trace my roots to the apostles. So, 
Would you lift your hands, your voices in your hearts, and would we just cry out to God for just a moment before you're seated that God will do with us here tonight exactly what He wants to do. And don't worry about your neighbor. Just let your voice out. Pray for yourself. Jesus, tonight by the authority of the Word of God, by the power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, step out of the ink and the paper of the Bible. Walk among us. Help us to feel the touch of the Master's hand. Help us to hear the footfall, the sandaled footfall of the man from Galilee walking through the corridors of our hearts. Help us, O God, to lift our voices, our minds, our very souls into the realm of the supernatural. Help us to go beyond just the traditional understandings, but help us to get involved in the, if you please, the mystical, the amazing, the wonder-working power of God. Let there be revelation, understanding. Sweep into every mind, every heart, every soul here tonight within the sound of my voice. We will not fail to give you praise, glory, and honor. Anoint us both to hear and to speak. Blessed be the name of Jesus forever. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you for standing so long. You may be seated. Would you clap uproariously for just a moment? If you have any energy left... That sounds a bit weak. Everybody, just clap your hands. And the Bible says, King David, I love to quote him. David said, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Ladies and gentlemen, there is triumph in this house. There is triumph in this house. And I reiterate, because Jesus is in this place, anything can happen. Anything is possible in the presence of the Lord. I graduated from Bible college in 1967 and ended up in the Northeast and in the end result began to pastor a church there in Schenectady, New York. One afternoon, something happened that had a tremendous effect on my thinking as a believer, as an apostolic Christian. It was late in the afternoon, the rush hour traffic, and I was on the Central Avenue going toward the capital of Albany and came to an intersection and had to stop for the light and traffic and all. And uh, while the light was uh, red, I was just looking at the car ahead of me. And then um, all of a sudden, I noticed that the traffic coming through the intersection was slowing down. And I couldn't figure out why. And I looked across to my right on the opposite corner across the street. There was a woman probably somewhere in the age bracket of uh, 40, 45, something like that. And she was standing on the street corner in front of all, those, all of that traffic and all the people that were walking across the street and on the sidewalks. And this woman was making all kinds of weird, strange gyrations with her body, her hands. She made some grotesque physical uh, manifestations with her face, her lips. She was devil-possessed. And the devil had moved on her, and out of control, she stood there. The devil delights to humiliate God's master creation. 
And that woman was helpless standing on that street corner, just doing all this bowing and these crazy things. And people were slowing down and watching her. And the light changed. And as the, I was able to drive slowly through that intersection, I got much closer to her and I looked at her. And I just, something in my soul cried out. And I said, I, I went a block or two and pulled over. And I said to myself, if the devil can possess people, and at his bidding, they just manifest him. Why can't we be possessed with the Holy Ghost? And when the Holy Ghost moves on us, no matter where we are, demonstrate the Spirit of God and power. Why not? That's what I'm asking. Why not? If they can do that, why can't we do what we know to do? What is wrong with us? What is our problem here? I'm asking you tonight. I want to know. If the world can act like they act, why can we not act like we know to act in worship to the one true God? This is the greatest experience of all of life. There is no touch like the touch of the master's hand. There is no sound like the sound of his voice calling your name. There is no freedom like this any place in the entire universe. There is no joy like this. There is no peace like this. There is no happiness like this. This Jesus, he can do anything, everything, all things. Nothing shall be impossible to them that believe. He can heal all manner of diseases. He made a body out of clay. Ladies and gentlemen, why not stand and clap? Why not lift our hands? Why not lift our voices? Why not get involved with him? Because he is great and he is greatly to be praised. This last year, about three months before the holiday season began, I did a week. I did a, a, a crusade every weekend for about three months straight. I almost did myself in. I'm, I'm not just saying that. I was absolutely exhausted. So the middle of December, I decided that I would have my own little sabbatical. I mentioned this last night, but I want to give you a few more details. I decided. I would cancel all the meetings in January and February that I had, and uh, I would just stay home, and I would seek God for a couple of months. <coughs> and so everything was all right until about four days before Christmas, something like that. But uh, something, something in the spirit world uh, began to move. And I woke up one morning, and I was just trying to fix something for breakfast, and uh, the Holy Ghost fell on me, and I just started sobbing at the sink, and I couldn't stop it. And I got down and prayed. To make a long story short, that type of thing went on for four days. I mean, I, mean, I couldn't do anything. I just wept and cried and wept and cried. I prayed literally for four days, and I didn't know what was going to happen. I did not know exactly what was going to happen. And I don't know that I was actually afraid, but I wasn't, I just didn't know where this might end. And uh, I would manage to eat something, some little something once a day. 
But it went on like that for four days, and I sobbed and cried and wept and went through Kleenex. It was amazing. And my face was swollen, and I didn't, I didn't go out. I just stayed in because I looked, I looked bad. So I, I went like that for four days, and every night I'd think, well, I'll sleep tonight, and tomorrow will be different. This burden will lift, but it didn't. It went on like that for four, four, four and a half days, something like that. And it sort of went tapered off a bit. And then, of course, New Year's Eve was coming. Well, no matter where I am in the world, I've always done this. For all the years I've had the Holy Ghost, I always pray the old year out and the new year in. So I did that, and I was alone. And I prayed the old year out and the new year in. And I became pretty rough on myself. I just really took inventory of myself and told Jesus. And I've done this a couple of times this year, but... I've told Jesus, I said, Jesus, I don't want to hurt you. I'm not interested in embarrassing you. I don't want to do anything to disappoint you. I just need your help. I want to do everything I can. And so I was praying like that. Well, the first of January was Sunday. Well, the second of January, of course, was Monday. And uh, this heaviness it still was there. I, I couldn't totally shake it. So about 8 o'clock, Monday night, <clears throat> I started praying. And something came on me. Now, I have quoted the scripture, and I have referred to it in teaching and preaching, that heaven suffers the violence of our prayers, and the violent take it by force. And in 48 years that I've had the Holy Ghost, I have prayed some pretty intense prayers in 48 years here and there. But that Monday night, this year, January 2nd, I became violent. And by violent, I don't mean waving my hands and flaying my arms and screaming and yelling. I don't mean that. I became extremely forceful. Like I've never been forceful in my life before especially with God. And this is what I said. I said, Jesus, when I fell dead in Sydney, Australia, I was ready to go, and you know I was ready to go, but you brought me back. And when you brought me back, you knew I would go through this, and you still brought me back. I said, Jesus, I know you are my heavenly father. I don't need a father. I need a dad. I need you to be a dad to me, to take me by the hand and lead me through these rough, difficult places. You can't leave me alone. You can't leave me alone. And when I said, I don't need a father, I need a dad, I'm not exaggerating. It was like the arms of God wrapped themselves around me and the, my whole house filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean the Holy Ghost was in every room in my house. You could just feel the, the Holy Ghost flood through and something broke in the spirit world. Something broke. And God spoke to me. He said, the reason you've gone through this is an assault from the spirit world because they're not happy with you because of what you're transmitting to the church and the way you're helping preachers. Sorry, but it's not going to stop. It's going to continue. The spirit world can be as unhappy as it wants to, but greater is he that is in me than he that is in that spirit world. 
If you're a preacher here tonight, preacher, you need to preach this like you've never preached it in all of your life. We don't need to back down to anybody. We don't need to back off or change anything. We need to preach this with all of our might. We're going to have to fight fire with fire. We need to preach this just as forcefully as the enemy comes against us. We need to go at it because I repeat, greater is he that is within us. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The devil is in the world, but in you is Jesus. 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 And with that Jesus is the resurrection power. The resurrection power. If you've got the Holy Ghost, throw your voice in the air and let the Holy Ghost speak through you for just a moment. Hallelujah. telling you there are horrible things happening in the world there are terrible things happening there are terrible things happening there's the worst shaking going on i mentioned it last night that i've ever seen in the 48 years i've had the holy ghost there's a shaking in the church god is going to shake everything loose that does not really love his doctrine that does not really love his holiness. He's going to shake that loose. He's going to expose that and take that off. But that bunch that cannot be shaken loose, I repeat to you, I repeat to you, I shout it to you, the Holy Ghost is going to fall on that group and they're going to run with it and they're going to reach our world. That's exactly what God is doing. He wants a tried and proven people. He wants people that will preach it as it is in the book. Because, ladies and gentlemen, people, you can come from anything to this, but you cannot go from this to anything else. There is nothing else to go to. This is the end of the line. So get in it and get everything you can get out of it. You don't have to apologize to anyone. Yes, I'm one of them. Yes, I'm one of them. Yes, I've been to water in Jesus' name. Yes, I spoke with tongues when the Holy Ghost came. Yes, there's only one God. There are not two gods, not three gods, not a half a dozen gods. There's only one God. There's only one God. There is only one God. And His name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He has no equal. Yes, I believe in holiness. Yes, I believe in holiness. Yes, I believe in separation from this world. Yes, I'm one of them. And I make no apology to anybody. On one hand, there are crazy things, fearful things going on. But on the other hand, there are in incredible things taking place. There is one of the greatest moves of God I've ever seen in this country. I mean, God is demonstrating himself. There are miracles of healing taking place where they want it. If you don't want it, 
Holy Ghost just walks right on down the street. He doesn't even bother to stop. You can do your own thing, but you'll do it without him. I don't want to do my own thing without him. I want to do his thing. I want to find out what it is that we can get a hold of that will cause the miraculous to take place among us all the time. People, we shouldn't have just some one miracle once a year or twice a year. Something is supposed to happen where two or three are gathered together in his name. There he is in the midst of them. The miraculous should be a normal part of our worship, a normal part of our services. You ever get the blind seeing here, deaf people hearing cancer disappear? appearing, people getting out of wheelchairs on a regular basis, this church will not hold what is coming. It will not hold what is coming because this world is sick of religion. I'm sick of religion. The whole world is sick of religion. But what they do not have is the demonstration of the Spirit of God and power. I want you to understand me here tonight. God can heal you. You can get out of that wheelchair. He can burn those cancer cells out. He can cut. He can heal you of lupus. Those tumors can disappear. Your blind eyes can see. Your deaf ears can hear. He can raise the dead. I am a living testimony to that. He is still in the business of raising the dead. He made a body out of clay and he can heal it. I don't care what the doctor told you. He is the dear and glorious physician. His name, I reiterate, is Jesus. He has no equal. He has no equal, nor competition. And I know because I've done it. You go to a city to raise up a church, to start a church, and the devil, if you're a preacher here tonight, and you may have gone through this, and if you haven't, you're going to go through it. Because if you begin to do something for God, the devil is going to come to you, and he's going to say to you, I know who you are. Here's the answer. Devil, and you know who sent me. That'll back him off. That'll back him off. Because he doesn't want to deal with the one who sent you. He will try to intimidate you. But he does not want to deal with the one who sent you. Because he has no power over the one who sent you. He has no power. Not long ago, I just came from Great Falls, Montana. I was there last year. I was again this year. They wanted me to come, and I went. People flew from the Northwest Territories, from Yellowknife, as far as you can get, without dropping off into the ocean. They flew. Preachers and, and saints flew to the Canadian border, rented cars, and drove to Great Falls. The hunger that was in them, wanting to get a hold of the supernatural, wanting to get a hold of the demonstration of the Spirit of God and power. And in those services, God mightily moved. There were American Indians that were saved. And those people, I mean the Holy Ghost fell. In fact, this year, there was a couple They had been on dope since they were young teenagers. They were coming into the church, and they could not break it. 
They couldn't break it. And the pastor said to me, Brother Erpelding, he said, Brother Stone King, would you pray for this couple? And they were standing there holding hands together. And I got both of my hands around their clasp hands, and I began to pray in Jesus' name. And the Holy Ghost came on me, the anointing, the thing I know, it came on me. And all of a sudden, I could feel this surge of power go to them. And that they broke hands, and that man fell backwards speaking with tongues. And that man and that woman... They were only about 25 or 30 something. They were absolutely both healed and delivered of drug addiction right there. They were healed right there in Jesus' name. The thing absolutely left them. That's who we are. This is who I am. We've got this kind of power. You've got this kind of power. That's who you are. That's who we are. That's who we are. I got home from there. I got home from there. And the pastor called me and said, Brother Stonkey, the most incredible thing. He said, you remember the man and the woman that were delivered from drug addiction? I said, yes. He said, God gave that man a dream. And in the dream, Jesus showed him. He said, I've gone inside your body and I've done a total surgery inside of your whole body and removed everything that drugs have damaged and I have set you free. He sat up in the middle of the bed, speaking with tongues in the middle of the night. At the same time, God gave his wife a song, and she sat up and began to sing about the grace of God and began to sing in tongues. People, let me tell you something. If we ever get beyond just traditional Pentecostal services, church, this church should be the most exciting thing you do all week long. Coming to church should be the most exciting thing you do. It's not who won the ball game or the latest car that's out on the market or some sale that has nothing to do with reality. This is the most important thing. This right here tonight is all that matters. This is all that matters. People, this is all that matters. Nothing out there matters. This is all that matters. I mean, consider this, and I'm going to preach it everywhere. I'm, I'm absolutely, ab- I'm accurate. I'm totally accurate with this. Church should be the most exciting thing you do all week long. When we come through, when we come through those doors, we shouldn't come in here just, you know, just our tongue hanging out and just looking down. We should lift our heads and begin to think, I am about to enter into the house of God. I am about to meet the Savior face to face. Somebody's going to get healed tonight. Someone's going to be delivered tonight. There's going to be a prophecy. There's going to be a tongues. There's going to be an interpretation. Somebody's going to get baptized. Someone's going to get the Holy Ghost. Somebody's going to be set free. We should come through those doors. We should absolutely come through those doors rejoicing. There should never be a service. There should never be a service among us as apostolic Christians where a pastor's got to stand in the pulpit and say, well, let's all praise the Lord. What a bunch of nonsense that is. It should just come out of you. The praise should just be there. We shouldn't have to say, let's clap our hands or let's lift our hands. God, help us, deliver us. Let us become on fire with the presence of the Holy Ghost. This choir tonight was absolutely incredible. The choir was incredible. I could feel the Holy Ghost sweeping through this place. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, what a church. Oh, what a people we are filled with the Holy Ghost on our way to heaven. People, we've got a right to shout. We've got a right to dance. We've got a right to praise God. You don't have to apologize to anybody.
And so I have begun to just get involved like never before. I was in the state of Illinois earlier this year. They took me to a restaurant uh, to eat, and they knew the people there. And we got there, and they had been told that the evangelist was coming. And so after we got about halfway through the meal, and the owner of this restaurant, who was a woman, came to me, and she'd had the Holy Ghost. And uh, she introduced herself, and I began to speak with her. She said, Brother Stone King, she said, my husband is very sick. He's facing a major surgery. I said, really? We'll pray for him. About that time, he walked over. And I took a hold of his hand, and I said, you are not well. He said, no, Brother Stone King, I'm not. You're facing surgery. He said, yes. I said, well, I'm going to pray for you right now. Why not? That's what I'm asking. Why not? I prayed for that man right there in that restaurant. His wife began to cry. People were watching us. Who cares? I mean, really, who cares? God touched that man. Why not, people? Why not? If you ever get a hold of what I'm talking about, if you ever get beyond yourself and get into him, you will become a fanatic. People, if every one of you, for example, if every one of you would commit tonight to winning one soul this year before the next year comes, we could double all of our churches. If just every one of you won one soul, we could double the congregation just this year because you've got the power to do it. There is nothing out there that can compete with you or compare with you. There's nothing out there that can fight you. You remember it was here last year. We had a powerful service, and some of you went out to uh, Cracker Barrel Restaurant after church. <laughs> I preach this everywhere. <laughs> because you've already got a hold of it. I just came back this year to egg you on, to push you a little farther. That's why I'm here. You're, the waitress came over to the table. Some of you were at a table at Cracker Barrel, and there were other people there. And it was late at night, and of course, the service was late, and so it was still open, so you went to Cracker Barrel. But anyhow, the waitress came over, and one of you asked her, because she must have looked sad or something, you asked her if she'd like prayer, and she said yes, and she began to cry. And you prayed for her, and she got the baptism of the Holy Ghost standing at the table in Cracker Barrel. The manager came and wondered what was going on, and you prayed the manager through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Before the night was over, eight people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost at Cracker Barrel. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. It's upon you. It's in you. It's through you. You people have got a hold of this. You've got a hold of it. But most importantly, God has got a hold of you. Not only do you have a hold of it, but God has got a hold of you. And may you never lose it. May you never lose it. May it intensify. Clap your hands again, all ye people. Amazing things are beginning to happen. In 2011, I went, I've hosted a number of tours Israel through the years. I've now been there 21 times. But I hadn't gone for a while because of the heart attack. I scheduled a tour in 2004, I think it was, and they began suicide bombing in Jerusalem. So it was canceled. I didn't go. So I didn't do anything with it. But I decided in 2000. 
10, I'd like to go the next year, which was 2011. So I had a tour group together, and uh, we got it together, and had about four, had 40 people, including myself. I always, on my tours, some tours, they, they land in Tel Aviv and go straight to Jerusalem. Waste. It's a total waste. Because Jerusalem is the highlight. Save the best for last. We always go to the northern part of the country first. Catch up on the jet lag, see ancient Echo, take a boat ride on the Mediterranean Sea, go by Nazareth and go end up at the Sea of Galilee. And we take a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee. Well, I always have the, the captain of the boat stop the boat in the middle of the Sea of Galilee and we sing and worship. <laughs> tremendous, tremendous. I remember one year... One woman got to dancing. We did a lost her over the side of the boat. I mean, she almost fell over the side of the boat. I think the whole group would have just jumped in. That's the kind of thing was there. It was incredible. But this year, in 2011, when we were singing, the Spirit of God swept onto that boat. And I looked back, happened to look back. And it was, it was in broad daylight, no clouds, no storm. But I was looking back at Capernaum and also Gadara. And there was a magnificent rainbow that just arched completely over that entire area. And I could feel the Holy Ghost. It was like an omen from God. And my people looked at me. I didn't say one thing. I just smiled. We get to Jerusalem. And after about three or four days in the north. And we found out that it had not been raining. In other words, Israel has to have a certain number of inches of rain per year to survive because it's a desert climate. And they hadn't had nearly enough rain. So the rabbis had been at the Wailing Wall begging God to send rain, but it hadn't rained. And we arrived a week later after they had prayed. The moment my tour group entered Jerusalem, it began to rain. We had to buy umbrellas, folks, and for four days, we walked in rain with water gushing in the streets. Mm. Then, and I didn't mind, nobody mind, be, minded because it was just, it was, a, it was a miracle. You could feel it. And the guy just looked at me. And I looked back and smiled. Then he takes us in Jerusalem, where we always go. The original ancient steps are still there that Jesus climbed to the palace of Caiaphas the night of the trial. So we always go to the ruins of the palace of Caiaphas, the high priest who put Jesus to death. We're there at noon. It's in the general area where Jesus told Peter, before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. Right in the middle of the guide's lecture, and details about the ruins in the palace and the Bible story. At noon, about a half a block from us, a rooster crowed three times. I grew up on a farm in Iowa. Roosters crow in the morning, folks, not at noon. This rooster crowed three times. At that point, the guide looked at me and all the people looked at me. And I just smiled. <laughs> we went from there... After a couple of days, we went to Masada. Folks, believe me, it has never, ever rained at Masada, ever. 
When my tour group got to Masada and we walked out, it began to sprinkle. The guide turned to me. He said, Reverend? I said, yes. He said, it has never rained at Masada. I said, I'm aware of that. (laughs) People, we are headed for some of the most unusual events in the spirit. But you've got to be open to it. You've got to be open to this. You can't just clam up and not be involved. For example, I know human nature. I know human nature. I know when Peter's shadow began to heal people on the streets, there were those that were against it. That's human nature because it didn't come out. The smoke didn't come out of their chimney. It wasn't written. They couldn't find it any place. And then you've got Paul. He doesn't even have to travel anymore. Just tears his clothes apart and sends pieces and people are healed and devils are cast out. You know and I know there were human spirits that fought that and made all kinds of snide remarks. But let me tell you something. If God is in it, you better get with it. And that's what I'm saying in this hour. If God's beginning to do things in your churches, you better get with it. You better back off and let him do what he wants to do. Because he is trying in this hour, as I've never seen it before, to get our attention. God wants to demonstrate himself. He wants to flow through us. He's pulling at us to get involved with the realm of the supernatural. Tap again and just let your voice out. Ask for it. Seek him for it momentarily. I can feel something being transmitted to you people. I can actually feel something being transmitted to you people. It's something supernatural. Jesus, I praise you. Jesus, I praise you. Jesus, I worship you for it. So no matter where you come from, I'm praying tonight you'll never be the same again. That you people will never be the same again. How can we be the same again? After what we've heard and felt in this conference, you can't be the same again. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm never going to be the same again. Look back and say, well, then start acting like that tonight. I mean, why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not, people? Why not just get, get involved with this Jesus? Get involved with him. Like never before. (laughs) This last year, this last year, Labor Day weekend, I met a young man who was 23 years old. This man is a prophet of God. He is a real one. And I found out the pastor relies on him a great deal for a word from the Lord. He is, the, the young man is powerful. He's married and he just had a, a little boy, I think. Well, I was told in the meeting that he was a prophet. Well, I believe in prophets. So I went to him when they pointed him out to me. I went to him in one night in the middle of the altar service, and I said to him, I said, Russell, I said, your name is Russell. He said, yes. I said, I want you to lay hands on me and pray for me. He said, what? 
I said, I want you to lay hands on me and pray for me. And he did. I mean, he prayed. I mean, I felt God. You see, the thing with me is, I don't care how old you are or how young you are. If you've got a hold of God, I want you to get a hold of me. I want to get hold of people that have a hold of God. And, and positions, your position doesn't mean that much. Your anointing means everything. I mean, if, I don't care how young you are. And for that reason, a young man can walk up to me and they've done it. They've done it. And say, Brother Stone King, this and this and this. Because they're anointing, I'll do exactly what they say. And on the other hand, I was in a service this year, and there was a wonderful, there was a lady, I kept watching her, she was an older saint, had snow white hair, and she didn't have a lot of strength. That doesn't matter to me. You know why? Because sound waves never die. That's a proven scientific fact. I knew by watching her, there was a lifetime of prayer swirling around her life. She couldn't dance and shout like the young people, but she had that aura, that lifetime of prayer just swirling around her. I walked down the aisle, knelt on my knees in front of her, and I said, Mother, I want you to put your hands on me and pray for me. I want the anointing that's in your life. I want your favor. Her eyes filled with tears because I know that some of you older people feel like, what can I do in the church? What place is there for me? When everybody else has the energy and the strength to run and shout and dance. Young people, forget some of this shouting and dancing. Find yourself a grandpa or a grandma in this church that's got a hold of God. And let those people get a hold of Let those people lay hands on you and pray for you. Because something will be transmitted. Something will happen to you. Something will get a hold of you. I could feel the power of God come from that grandmother. I could feel the power of God. People, this is where we've got to get to. This is where we've got to get to in all of this. If we can get to these places, our churches will absolutely change. Everything will change. We are in this together. I need you. You need me. We need each other. We've got to hang together. We've got to hang together. If you come with your gift, there are preachers here that can do things I can't do, but I can do things you can't do. But if we will come together as men of God and pool, pool our gifts and not care who gets the credit, that's where the problem is right there. Not care who gets the credit. We could take our cities. That's how it was in the beginning. That's how it was in the beginning. Mm. I was in a meeting, classic example. I was in a meeting one night with another preacher whose name I won't give you. But anyway, it was arranged in this meeting. I would preach one night, he'd preach another night. So the night I preached, the second night I preached, the power of God moved. And I got in among the people and things were beginning to happen. So I went over to him and I handed him the cordless mic. And I said, I said, get in the pulpit and do your thing. He said, what? I said, you understand English? Get in the pulpit and do your thing. He said, what do you mean? He said, this is your night. I said, what do you mean, my night? This is God's night. Forget that nonsense. Forget that. I said, get in the pulpit. Cover for me so I am free to transmit and minister to these people. 
He finally got in the pulpit. And he, when he got in the pulpit, I think God forgave him for his attitude. And he got anointed and he went at it. And I was absolutely free. It's not my night or your night. It's God's night. And we're here. We're here to help as many people as we possibly can. That's what this is all about. Mm. Wonderful things happened. Wonderful things happened because of it. So after that, I stayed in contact with Russell. I'd call him once in a while. And so, I don't know, I don't three or four weeks, I don't remember. But I called him and I said, Russell, I said, I just wanted to hear your voice, just wanted to talk with you. I said, there's a lot of pressure and God is doing things. And um, he said, Brother Stone King, he said, um, I said, I want you to pray for me before I get off the phone. He said, he said, you know, he said, I want to tell you something. He said, because I'm so young, he said, I am very hesitant to tell preachers, older men, what I see. I said, Russell, I don't care how young you are. If you see something in the spirit, I want you to tell me. You have my permission to tell me anything you feel or see. I want to know. And I do. People, I want to make it. I want to make the rapture. I want to get out of here. And so I was seated in recliner near my fireplace and he said brother stone king for example he said he's never been to my home he's never seen photographs hardly anybody has and he doesn't know anything about my home but he said for example he said you're seated in a dark reddish chair recliner and i was it's uh, a burgundy leather he said across from you there's another dark reddish chair with gold on it and there was and it had brass upholstery tacks on it and he said there's a table beside that chair where you're seated and there's a lamp on it I said Russell which side is that lamp on and the table to my left to my right he says oh it's on your left and it was now I don't know how important it is that he can tell me what color chair I'm in or there's a table on my left. I don't know how important all that really is. I really don't. But what is fascinating to me is this, that God is raising up young men in this hour who are gifted like that. That's the exciting thing for me, that God is beginning to raise up young people among us that have a hold of God. And then he said to me, he said, you know, he said, I was at choir practice the other night. I took my wife to the choir practice. He said, I don't sing, but I take her and wait for her, then bring her home. He said, and while I was just in the empty sanctuary, he said, the Holy Ghost nudged me to pray for you. I said, really? He said, yeah, I just felt I should pray for you. He said, I knew I couldn't pray for you there in the sanctuary, empty with the choir practicing. So he said, I thought to myself, I'll get up and go out to the parking lot and get in my car, and I'll just be seated there behind the wheel, and I can really pray there for Brother Stone King. So he said, I came out to my car, and he said, I began to pray. 
He said, I really began to pray. He said, suddenly, your angel came into my car and sat down beside me. He said, I could see him, and he looks exactly like you, Brother Stone King. I said, you mean you could actually see him? He said, Brother Stone King, I looked right in his face. He looks exactly like you. And he said, your angel reached over and put his hand on my shoulder and said, thank you for praying for me. And he vanished. People, we're getting into something in the spirit like never before. Had another man about 50 years of age in a meeting where I was. He came up to me at the end of the altar service at Tears in his eyes. He said, Brother Stone King, I saw your angel tonight. I said, really? He said, yes. He looks exactly like you. He said, when you turned in your preaching and went like that, there was another you just behind you, about a foot and a half, slightly forward. He looks exactly like you. People, it goes back to what I've already said. This is the most exciting thing in the entire world. The world out there has no idea there's a people like us and there's a God like ours whose name is Jesus, who is this real. They don't know anything about these things. Unfortunately, we don't know a lot about it either. But by the help of God, God is going to lift us into a realm like a book of Acts revival. The Bible is full of angels. Angels are ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. If you look through the Bible, angels discomfited enemies in the Old Testament. Angels, an angel got Peter out of prison. I may look like I'm alone here tonight. I am not alone. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. No matter where I go, my angel is with me. I am never alone. I am never alone. Ladies, you are never alone no matter where you are. The angel of the Lord is near you, with you all the time, no matter what. Gentlemen, the same is true for you. (laughs) Let's all let our voices out with her for just a moment. The Holy Ghost is beginning to stir the hearts. Faith is in this place. Revelation is in this place. Understanding is gripping our minds and hearts. Blessed be the name of Jesus. God, I worship you. Mm. That's it. Just let your voice out. We have time for this. We have time. Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, I worship you because you are God. Manifest yourself among us again. Walk out of the ink and the paper. Touch your people. Help us to feel the brush of angels' wings. Lord Jesus, there are angels on this platform. There are angels in this church. There are angels standing around the wall. They're in the balcony. Jesus, I worship you. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you.
Angels are ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. Help us to see, help us to feel, help us to be changed. Jesus, help us to be changed by the touch of the Master's hand. Let revelation, understanding come upon your people. Get us beyond, O oh Lord, the ordinary. Get us beyond the ordinary, the traditional. Help us to walk into the realm of the supernatural. Jesus, restore a book of Acts revival to us unlike anything the world has ever seen. Help us to hear the sound of the rushing mighty wind. Help us to hear the crackle of cloven tongues of fire. Lord Jesus, I'm asking in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. With this kind of anointing on you, reach over and take the hand of the person next to you and begin to pray. There'll be a greater revelation begin to come. There's revelation in this house. I don't have to continue. I can finish this tomorrow, but right where you are, just reach over with your hands. There's revelation flowing in this place. That's it. That's it. That's it.
That's it. Just lift your hands and let your voice out. The miraculous is in this place. There is mighty deliverance here tonight. There are people being healed. Healed right there where they're seated. Just miraculously being healed.